What's up, world? Welcome to the Dig on Doug podcast. I'm your host, Doug, and I'm going to be bringing you episodes all about having fun, real, and deep conversations. So I hope you enjoy, and let's get digging. I have a very, very special guest today, a person that is near and dear to my heart, um, someone who has helped in my growth of becoming the person I am today and the intellectual I am today and the person who challenges myself to do better and be better and really look at the world in a critical proactive lens into really understanding um, the things and everything going on. Um, my former teacher, my my brother, my mentor, um, the guy I look up to who one day I hope to inspire to be similar to, uh, Matthew. Welcome, Matthew, to the Dig Undug podcast. Thank you. I, 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 had, I mean, I had, to, I had to give you that, that superstar introduction. I mean, you, you mean a lot to me, brother. I love you. I appreciate it. I love you, too. So, yes, so we are, we are here day 12 of the shut in place, um, quarantine in, in California. Um, and me and you have been having conversations just in the sense of what all of this means, how we're taking it and everything. And won't you go ahead and, uh, share, um, how are you feel, how are you feeling in, in the midst of all of this, your state of mind? Um, and just, uh, maybe a little touch on a little bit of the background of yourself and introduce yourself to the folks. Mm. Okay, so well, uh, I am a professor of history at Diablo Valley College. Um, I've been teaching at DBC for uh, 20 years. Uh, I was hired to teach African American history, and uh, I took over for um, when I first started there. The the previous African American history professor had been there. Uh, I've been teaching been teaching classes there since the year before I was born. Oh wow. So, yeah, so I, and he was the only black man in the room when I went into uh, the uh, interview, the first, the first interview, there were all kinds of professors and administrators mm-hmm. in the room, and he was the only black person. I knew that he was the guy I had to uh, impress when I went into that interview. Yeah. And, um, yeah, evidently I did a decent job. And so also, since um, I've been at DVC teaching African American history and U.S. history and sometimes Latin American history, I, uh, uh, also, um, started the, helped to start the Emoja community, um, and became, uh, a, and we hosted the Emoja, first Emoja conference at DBC, and I became the founding board member of the Emoja community, and now we serve over, uh, I think by now, what, 70, 70 something campuses oh, in wow. the California Community College System, and we have a budget of $2 million, and I say we, but I've since, uh, after 12 years on the board, I took myself off the board and started other things. I recently earned a fifth degree black belt in jujitsu. I have a, I have black belts in four different arts, and um, I'm have recently reached the shihan level, which is a uh, teacher of teachers level uh, in that art. Um, Don't mess with me, y'all. And I have, um, you know, I travel. You know me, I'm an avid traveler, and lived in Africa and lived in Europe and lived in South America and traveled um, widely in those places and recently started traveling to Asia and uh, mm-hmm. Japan and stuff like that. And you've seen the world and you've lived in other, I mean, well, visited other countries for a, a good stint of time to like really get a feel and understanding of the culture. 
And I think that also will bring a, a great perspective to um, this as we talk about in the transition of all of this and everything. Yeah, you know, today I just was we we're having a conversation with that. I've also been active in um, a Buddhist, uh, two Buddhist uh, medita- meditation groups. They're called Sanghas um, for mm, probably about 15 years each. And um, uh, me and my partner host uh, one of the Sanghas on occasion. And today we hosted the Sangha. One of the things that came up is, is that, um, you know, we, we are all, uh, in the world, in well, most of us, you know, kind of suffering through this coronavirus, even if we don't have it, because we mm-hmm. are, you know, kind of locked locked down and that kind of stuff. And one of the things that that uh, one of the people said today was, you know, she said, "I'm fine." Yes, I do have this kind of underlying stress, yeah. and I'll talk about that in a little bit. But but um. Uh, you know, but I'm, I'm, I'm essentially fine. And what she said, what she was saying was that this really helps me understand or have a, a window into anyway, what people might be experiencing on a much more consistent basis, food insecurity, mm. um, inse- housing insecurity, um, just insecurity of your person, you know, going, go walking out into the world and being, um, well, by the way, the meditation groups that I belong to are all POC, people of color. Okay. So awesome. she's she's saying this is the dark-skinned woman who's saying, you know, I experience this every day going out, but it's much more, but I have all my material needs met. What about people who don't? Mm-hmm. So it made me think immediately of my time living in Senegal. Okay. And when you when you're in in Senegal and parts of or in parts of West Africa, I've traveled in parts of I've traveled. Um, into different countries in West Africa, that was pretty heavy for me because you see people with polio every single day in the street. Oh wow! You see, you see people with um, leprosy every single day, and I say every day because you you go out mm-hmm. um, into the world and they're outside, they're outside um, trying to get money trying to either beg for money, uh, you know, or do perform some sort of service for money, you know, washing windows or, you know, something, washing car windows, whatever it might be. And so, you know, this in some ways for me is, a, first of all, to say whatever I say here um, is with that kind of knowledge, you know, that we have hot water and we have a shower yeah, and we, and we, and yeah, we might be suffering a little bit more. Some of us, you know, like you might be extroverts, but you just have to deal with it, bro. I yeah. mean, it's like, this is something that you're going to deal with for the short term. When I think about what, what my, my associate, my, my, my uh, acquaintance was saying today, I just think, okay, Matthew, put your stuff in check mm-hmm. and put it in perspective and suffer, but suffer with with um perspective and suffer with and in that way you suffer with dignity too you're not you're not you're not self-centered suffering yeah you're not you're not just suffering with yeah you're not loathing it in the sense of like oh my god i can't believe this is taken away and it's 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 in a sense wild to have that mindset because one like you said we're collectively all in this together but it's also the understanding of um you're going through this, but okay, you're stuck at home. I'm stuck at home. 
but you're not at work. And so it's, it's that, that difference of, okay, because a lot of people, they go to work and they're complaining because they don't like their job. But but now you're at home. And so, like you're saying, like to really have that different perspective, not just looking at it in one lens, like, oh, my God, I can't believe I can't go to the club or I can't go to my favorite restaurant or whatever right now. Yeah, exactly. And don't get me wrong. I mean, you know, when the when the uh, for me, it's a it's a, a blueberries when the blueberries run out. I'll, in the refrigerator, I'm going to be like, well, man, I think the world's about ready to come to an end here. <laughs> Everything was cool until my blueberries was gone. Where's the blueberries? Where's the blueberries? Yeah, where the blueberries at? Time, Who's hoarding the blueberries? Time, the time, to, grow, time like, to grow your own really blueberries. really not excited about going to the supermarket. Yeah. No. Where the blueberries are. Where the, where the blueberries <laughs> are. <laughs> so, yeah, no, it's, it's, it's true. It's a... Uh, it's 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 a lot in some ways a lot about perspective because here I am sitting in a comfortable home with a cell phone and and I just took a shower and I had hot water and I have I have food and mm-hmm. I have a little doggy that really helps little little pets really help these days yeah which is one of the things actually that I hadn't thought of until just to this morning as a coping mechanism I know this is probably jumping ahead uh, for a question. But if I could, just real quick. Oh, yeah, go uh, ahead. We can always wiggle around. Circle back, yeah. Well, um, is that, uh, um, you know, there are lots of, there are, they anticipate, or maybe it's happening already, that um, that people will, uh, that pets will need to be fostered um, while, they're, while they're humans are recovering. Or while mm. their humans are taking care of somebody who's recovering, or while they're sequestered or quarantined in some sort of way, and that actually, I wonder if they're speaking of opportunity. I wonder if there's an opportunity there for people to say, you know what, like single folks like yourself who say, you know what, hey, I want to, I'm going to foster a little doggy for a couple few weeks and have some company. And keep the dog company so that it doesn't have to be in a shelter or, and so that people maybe don't have to pay for the dog to be in a shelter or, you know, whatever you, for there's, it works out. It could work. It, it seems to be a win-win in, 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 in a lot of ways. Yeah. No, I think I saw something where shelters were in a sense kind of opening that door. I didn't read the article. I just saw like the headline, um, yeah. for that. Cause even also in the sense of pet therapy. Um, oh man, and, that's and, what I'm talking about. Yeah, and, that's what I'm and, saying. Because yeah. the pets are, that's exactly what I'm saying is that, that folks who are sitting at the, in, in an apartment alone or at the house alone, mm-hmm. I'm telling you, having a sweet doggy around who wants to sit next to you and follows you around the house and, you know, particularly an older dog, I highly recommend that for folks because mm-hmm. they're so, the dogs are really appreciative and they're very, um, Sweet, and it's not as rambunctious. You don't have to chase around. You don't have to worry necessarily to worry about them chewing your shoes up or anything like yeah. that. So yeah, for, for exactly for that pet therapy, that's what I'm. That's what exactly mm-hmm. what I'm referring to. That seems like a really great opportunity for some folks. I wonder how our cats doing in this moment though, because you know cats are super independent. They're like, let me leave me alone. Like, cats right. can be super independent, <laughs> but there's a lot of cats out there who will not like survive. Well, it would be they get you know they get. It's yeah. hard to survive. In the streets is hard, son. 
<laughs> I mean, <laughs> I'd much rather have somebody give me some food and lay around on the couch than have to go scrounge up some food in the yeah. garbage and then lay in a corner somewhere. True that, true that. The, the mice outside are probably just hiding. They sheltered up as well, too, probably right now. Come on, you know what I'm saying? Like, everybody, <laughs> so. everybody in the quarantine state. But no, that's that's definitely huge. Just something that did run across my mind. I was like, oh, well, what would that like oh, I don't know about that, but it it is. But I mean, like you said, that would be that could be something, especially for a lot of the single folks, and especially the single folk who live by themselves, or you may be with somebody, but your your partner is in another country or there in another go. state, and you can't get to. So that could be um, a huge thing, and especially in the sense since they're saying that the uh, pets can't get them, and now make it, you bringing that up makes me think about farmland and stuff, and how are those animals and everything. Um, in that sense, but since I guess if if animals can't get it, I mean the farmers being able to still go tend to their livestock, I guess it would still be fine. Um, yeah, I, I imagine so. Nobody's nobody's like, brought up uh, of the possibility of our of our supply chain being um, infected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, and and I mean, shoot, what it sounds sounds fantastic to me right now to be able to, uh, you know, um, if you're healthy. And to be able to work your farm and, um, and be with animals, you mm-hmm. know, um, that it means they're the best thing you, you'd rather be around them than you would be around, be around people at this point. Yeah. Right. So, mm-hmm. yeah. So, no, yeah. No. So it's huge. So, I mean, so you're in, you're in the, the state of, oh, yeah. Being in a sense, uh, not gratified, but understanding the realness of the situation we're in, you've traveled the world and seen third world countries and just other countries dealing with day to day pandemics and everything. And so, um, it gives you that, that understanding of, yeah, okay, we gotta, we gotta sit in and like, we're gonna, we're gonna make it through this. And me and you have been talking, um, over the week and just, you know, keep saying, um, we're going to make it through this. You know, we just have to deal with this and, and not even deal, just, we just have to be in it. Um, I don't want to say deal in the sense of like, it's something, that's in a sense, yes, it's pushed upon us, but it's it's for the greater good. And it's really trying to help hopefully the country and also the world understand that we're all affected by this. And I think one of the things that a lot of people hopefully can take from this and really resonate is it's affecting everybody. It doesn't matter what your economic level is. Yes, it's going to hit you differently in the sense yeah. of if you were laid off or um like, or if you have like a lot of money, but you're, 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 especially for people here in America in North America, you're, you're sheltered in and it's like your normal freedoms are gone, but it's not like you're forced, forced in, but it's for, again, a greater good. Well, so, and then, so yes. And then there's, while I, well, you know, while intellectually, you know, I have that perspective Yeah. on, on the other hand, I mean, I guess at the same time, it doesn't mean that I'm not, um, you know, affected in the same ways that everybody else is, you know, because the, um, uh, uncertainty. Yeah. And the, and the, um, yes, we'll get through it, but what's it going to look like on the other side mm-hmm. type of thing is, has really risen my level of, uh, of my cortisol levels. Mm. Um, my, my, my kind of, you know, the cortisol mix is, is available, becomes available to you, you know, in times of stress. Yeah. And one of the things that, you know, and so, and so, um, you know, the, the, your cortisol, your, your body floods with cortisol when it needs to, 
when it needs to fight or when fight it or needs fight. to run mm-hmm. um, stressful situations, even if those situations, you know, are in the workplace, you know, or in meetings or something like that. Yeah. So it's a survival mechanism. One of the things that they found is that people who are under constant stress, people who have an unstable home environment, you know, they're worried, you know, they have a, an abusive parent or, mm-hmm. or you know, something like that, they or a spouse or something, mm-hmm. then they, you know, their cortisol levels are always on simmer. Mm. And it's a and it and and it's um it's a low level of of stress, but it's a constant level of negative stress. Yeah. I say it's stress, but mm-hmm. but negative stress, stress that that weighs on you, and it's and it's because the body is is gearing up and ready to go, ready to run or ready to fight. Yeah. Well, when in periods of worry, where we're worried about our existential survival, kind of like where we are right now, even though there's nothing really happening, when we hear hear about people dying or when we hear that we have to, that we might lose our, our people, other people losing their jobs or, or even, and then it makes us worry about the same happening to us and our cortisol levels rise. So mine, I've been sitting here with this kind of low level of, of worry, of, of uncertainty and so mm-hmm. on. And it's, it's a, I feel stressed. Talk to a, a friend of mine on the, on the block has taken a walk yesterday and I expressed something similar to him and he said, yeah, I, I will, I catch myself grinding my teeth or tightening clenching my jaw throughout the day and I, and I didn't do that before i was like exactly that's what that kind of low level of stress does it gives you that it feels there's a there's like a pilot light burning and that pilot light burns a little higher and it takes therefore a little more of your fuel mm-hmm. a little more of your energy to burn that light because your body's like well what's going on next well, what's going to happen now well, what's what's this president going to say now that's going to stress me out what's what are, what are we going to what uh, what's going to happen with my job oh there's a no, there's more people dying and then and so on and so forth and so that that little little stress eats at you so that's what i've been i have been and I'll use the word. I don't want to sound just sound too dramatic, but that's what I have, along with other people, been suffering from. Mm-hmm. And so, and, you, and you're not, just, and you're not I do typically... have a perspective, a historical perspective, intellectual perspective. But on the other hand, I'm just like I feel. I, I feel like I'm just going through going through with everybody else, and that we're a little stressed, if not mm-hmm. a lot. We're at least a little stressed. And you're not typically a stressful person, correct? No. And then the other the other part about it is that you know I have tools. To, yeah. to, uh, to employ those tools. And when I employed the tools to deal with stress, that's when I realized, oh, crap, I'm stressed. Mm-hmm. I was just doing my, my daily thing, my thing that I do. Yeah. But then when I, then after I did it, you know, uh, this, this was last week during week one, you know, this whole thing, I, I realized after I exercised, basically it was exercise and meditation. After that, I was like, whoa, I feel great, but I feel great. I feel like my, my, my stress level went back down to, to uh to baseline it yeah. didn't go down to uh where it normally is after i exercise mm-hmm. when things are going good yeah things are going good after you after you exercise you're like whoa i feel like a million bucks like i did my <laughs> thing i actually got to the gym i re- did my full workout it was a good workout now i'm um you know taking my shower i'm clean i got my have my post-workout meal and this kind of stuff i'm feeling great mm-hmm. the last week i was like i gotta get some exercise did a home workout and it felt fantastic afterwards. And then I thought, still feel like I got a little simmer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I feel good, but I feel like, I feel like the simmer maybe either just kind of came back quickly or just, or never quite went away. Yeah. So, I mean, the workout is like, in a sense, um, not even in a sense, it's, or anything that we do is a, a coping mechanism, self care mechanism for all of that stuff when, when we're dealing with something. And, and you touched on like my next topic in the sense of being alert in this time and really trying to, 
understand what's going on yeah in the world but also for yourself because i think that's um a lot of times people don't do a lot of self check-ins with with themselves and really understanding what's going on and checking in that in the sense of stress are it like you said like it, it boils up but then they push it back down and uh-huh. then you, you take it off the eye you're like it's still there but it's still simmering and so your uh, in a sense uh coping mechanisms um just habits of daily life things are something that's huge um, for people. I do, I do the same in a sense in this time is just trying to really like, okay, I'm getting a little bit antsy. One of the things I try to make sure that I do is I set up a workstation cause I'm working from home. So I have a station that's just for my workstation, but then also my, um, my couch or somewhere else to go sit and then f- flip between those sections because for me, I can get too stagnant in one area and then it just feels odd. Um, I'm a person who works at a very high level of energy. Even when I'm in my office, when I'm in my center, um, I'm always moving around. I may be in my office like maybe an hour, two hours, and then I'll get up and just start walking and going somewhere else. And I think one of the things you also people have to understand is trying to keep some sense of normalcy of what you what you typically do. You won't be able to exactly direct uh recreate what you do in your other spaces, but how can you recreate those? Like you said, working out at home or doing different things, it's it's vital to to do that. Yeah, there's a couple of things there that you mentioned that I, w- I wanted to speak to. One of one was um you know my friends Lori and James well they uh um, there, she is a research professor and he is an engineer mm-hmm. and, um, um, they, um, we, we had a texting conversation with them, um, maybe late last week. And, uh, he said, he said, yeah, well, I'm trying to, you know, to do that whole, uh, get up and, and uh, act as if I'm actually going, and they're both working from home. Mm-hmm. And so he says, I'm trying to get up and do that whole, you know, get up and, and act as if I'm going into the office. You know, he yeah. said, and then, and then Lori interjected and she said, yeah, today he, he uh, put on a button down shirt and went into his office. Mm-hmm. And then I, and then I, I joked and I said, well, so that's, that's really great. Um, next time you should try putting on pants too. <laughs> <laughs> but that, but that's the idea, right? Yeah. The idea is you get up and you do your routine. You get up and you go. If you if you have to work from home, mm-hmm. you get up and you and you um, act as if you're going to work. Yeah. So that you can create that routine, and then you then you knock. Then you take. If you're going to take a break, then you take a break. I would would also suggest, but this is just me. If you have the space and if this is available to you, to not just not to you, Doug, but to to whomever, to whoever the and, listeners, yeah, and that is to also create a, a the workspace and keep that workspace mm-hmm. to to that's where to make that workspace that's where you work that you don't take the the work or your laptop or whatever it is actually to another part of the house yeah so that so that what's especially not your bed right you're not you the bed is for this is you know this is a reference to sleep hygiene but your bed is for sleeping and you know whatever other positive you know, partnership activities <laughs> yeah. or single activities you might want to engage in in bed, but it's not for work. You yeah. know, it's not for, it's not for, you don't want to bring that energy because now your whole, your whole house, your whole living space becomes 
become someplace where you worked, where you put that, if you, if you, if you indulge me for a minute, where you put yeah. that energy, mm-hmm. if you, where you were, where you, where you, um, where you did that activity. And then when you go there to actually be, to, to be calm, when you go there to eat and when you go there to sit calmly or to have a conversation with somebody, you know, via, via Zoom or Skype or on the phone or whatever, or when you sit down to play video game or whatever happens to be, then you're in the space for that. Mm-hmm. So that it does, it's not, it doesn't have that work feeling. You separate work because you don't do that at home. You, you don't do that when you're at work. Yeah. Right. So, I would say yes, yes, and also when you're creating that routine and when you're trying to create some normalcy, as you say, also treat your home because your home now is very much your sanctuary, yeah. and and to be and to treat it as such, to treat it as okay, I got kids and and I got to get up before my kids get up in order to get work done, you know. So I work from you know I don't know <clears throat> from you know five in the morning to eight in the morning, and then the kids get up and then I get them going. But before I before I I get them going, I get myself going. Mm-hmm. That's another part about this too is that not just working and saying, okay, I'm going to put on some clothes and I'm going to go to work. You know, yeah, work is just five steps away. Yeah. You know, you know, in a little apartment or something, but it's work, mm-hmm. and I'm going to do work, and then I'm going to be done with work. I'm going to compartmentalize, and then if I have to get the kids up and ready to go, then I'm available. I've done I've done me, and I'm available for the kids. Yeah. Instead of being uh, not having done you and then you get to the kids and then you're like, you know what? This is horrible. Yeah. No, <laughs> I, yeah. I, I can't do kids and, and work and, and I'm stressed about losing my job and we got to go shopping and I got to cook and yada, yada, yada. And mommy, 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 look at me, look at me, look at me. Yeah. No, I know. I've, yeah. I've talked to somebody and they were saying in the sense of, um, either it was a podcast or I was talking to somebody and they're, 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 uh, two parent household and so they rotate they're both working from home but yeah. one takes the kids and does that for a moment of time and then they switch and everything and one of the things that you're like touching on and that we're touching on that i've been really understanding is the sense of blurred lines and that's yeah. what you know what you're touching on there and having a space that's designated for everything one of the things i did i live in a um studio apartment was change my living room around um there's not much that I can do in the sense of changing around, but I did enough where it's a different feel. It's a different vibe. Um, and just making sure that I have those, I changed my workspace. Um, I even have like my little gym in the corner, um, over there and everything. So really making that. And then, like you said, Matthew, holding on to those boundaries. Um, one of the things I, I've been trying to suggest to people is, and it's tough. And I, I know, especially for like the students that we, um, interact with and teach, to try to do this, but also it's, it could be a good practice and this and being a time to try to set boundaries and really understand your space and your time and, and really be author of that because so many things are going to come to you now. And those who's some students who they're, they're at home now, now they're the teachers basically to their younger siblings and then they're cooking and everything now. And it's all this stress of where home used to be something else when they would come home from school on the weekend or on a break or something, but now it's something completely different, but it's really trying to understand and fortify those, those boundaries. And even if it's just one thing that you do, um, that you can, in a sense, uh, stick your flag in the ground. And as we transition, and this is one of the things I definitely want to talk on is with setting boundaries and everything, but 
as we're in this this moment of quarantine, the shelter in place, really trying to understand this time and then come out better on the other end and really solidify some better things um, of what we do. Um, I posted a meme on my um, Instagram and Facebook yesterday. Um, funny, but also true. And I, I said, if you couldn't cook going into this quarantine, basically once it's over, you should be a chef. And <laughs> so it should really be that, 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 that onus of yourself and looking at things I want to do and then become better. Um, what's your uh, take on that and view on that, Matthew? I know we've, t- we touched on it uh, earlier this week. Yeah. I don't know if, if, um, if it was Thomas Paine who said it, but I think this, uh, this uh, quote is attributed to Thomas Paine a lot. Um, so these are the times that try men's souls. And, and um, it's true. You, you start to, in a sense, you kind of, um, I would say, ideally, you would, you would exit this very strange time that we're in, you know, having a better sense of self, like yeah. you're saying, mm-hmm. you know, that self-assessment. If you, you have a better sense of who are you, you know, and historians talk about this at a national level that, you know, there was a war, a uh, civil war, or there was some sort of big conflagration. And, and, um, you know, uh, how did, and it, and it helped to define a country, mm-hmm. how they, how they uh, approached the war or how they approached the, the, the epidemic, how they, uh, um, how, what they did and who they, and basically who they were as a group after they came out of it. And so historians talk about that collectively individually. I think the same thing applies. Yeah. Right. I mean, you, you, if, if, if you, I like it because if you're like, um, look, I've always wanted to learn how to, uh, bake, or mm-hmm. I've always wanted to, you know, learn to make chocolate chip cookies, or I've always, you know, my, I've never told anybody this, but Uh-oh. you know, I've, I've always wanted to, um, I don't know, I don't know what it is. I've been wanting that. There's a book on a shelf that I've been wanting to read forever. Oh, I, oh, I, thought, you, to. I thought you were about to give us some super insight you didn't share before. Okay. <laughs> Hypothetical. Okay. Yes, people. <laughs> yeah, I'm not trying, <laughs> trying to keep it, keep it PG. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, but yeah, but I was talking with a friend the other day, and I was talking to him about this exact thing, and he's at home, like wife, kids. His wife is pregnant right now as well. Um and he was like, he was like, yeah, man. He's like, I was looking on Amazon the other day for like to try to buy some books. And he was like, I got like a bunch of books in the garage I haven't read. And he, I was like, I was like, yeah. And so one of the things I've done in this moment is I, every day I take 45 minutes to read. And I, I put that on the list. One of the things I've done, I went and got some big poster board paper and I put it up on the back of my, my front door. And each morning I wake up and do a to-do list. And mm. write it big and bold and write it down. And it feels good when I can get stuff done and then I cross it out. Um, yeah. And we'll go into more details and like some of the stuff that I'm doing and, and want to be better at at the end of this. But um, uh, how about yourself, Matthew? Well, um, yeah. So I, I we talked about this maybe the other day a little bit, but the, the you know, creating that structure for, for oneself is something that I've read. Um, you know, that psychologists have said, yeah, that that's a, you know, that, that's something that you want to do as much as you can. It's create mm-hmm. a, a structure because some of the things that one of the things that is giving people some anxiety is that they, they, um, they don't feel like they have structure. They have all this kind of open time in front of them yeah. and they don't quite know what to do with it. Maybe. Mm-hmm. 
Um, and I'll, I'll com- let me jump in real quick with that. Mm-hmm. I'll compare it uh, because I share with a lot of students this this notion of that. Most people go through the K through twelve system. The K through twelve system for school, your your time is set. Um, it has your set and everything in your time. And this was a struggle for me coming out of high school when I when I finished and everything. And this is a struggle that a lot of people go through. Now you're out of high school. All the time is yours. And you have to really structure that time and place good things in that time and understand what am I going to do with my time. And so many, so many times we can think of a sense, oh, I just have time. And you're like, oh, okay, I'll get things done. But time goes by. And if you, like you said, don't structure that time, it can create that sense of, oh, my God, I'm scared. And I was talking with a friend yesterday and we were talking about the same thing. And we were saying in this time that we have here in the shelter in place and this quarantine, one of the most effective things you can ever do to try to build something, to make something, to create something is measure it. You can measure everything that you want to do right now. If you want to become a better baker, you can bake whatever you want. Let's just say you start at chocolate chip cookies and you do, you make those every four days. You can test it out and see where you're messing up, what needs improving. You can actually measure it. If you're trying to lose weight or gain weight, you can measure yourself and weigh yourself every day and actually note down what foods you're taking and Mm -hmm. how, and how's it affecting you. So this is a moment where you can really measure everything because in our day-to-day times, when it's normal, we're like, Oh, okay. I I ate a salad today. And then I ate this and then it was fine. And I was moving, but now you're really in one place. And so you can really look at the details of that. Yeah. Which, which in some ways, which has for some people is a frightening process. Yeah. Oh yes. Yes. Yeah. So, so I think, yeah, like you're saying, you know, at the at the beginning, first of all, create a routine mm-hmm. and and you know, create your lists. The other thing too is that sometimes just making the making of the list is therapeutic for people because you know, you you we have this notion, I believe anyway, that we have this notion, particularly in the Western world, where if you're not if, if you're not um, um, kind of clearly getting quote unquote getting something done, then you're not doing anything. Yeah, and um, you know you. You, uh, so, so I think that maybe that could be adding some stress to folks. Now, look, this is coming from, again, once again, a sort of a privileged position, I have to admit, mm-hmm. because, you know, as a professor, we, you know, we have, um, I would say a, um, a good deal of unstructured time. It doesn't mean that we're not, that we're not uh, busy or that we're not, um, you know, committed, that we don't have a lot of, of, of uh, commitments and people to whom we're and, and institutions to whom we're responsible. Yeah. It just means that uh, I can either work, you know, from six to, you know, midnight, or I can work from, you know, 6 a.m. to 12 a.m. Flexibility. And, pardon me? Flexibility. It, it's, it's, there's a lot of flexibility. And so then, then the, the thing that I, ha- I've had, I used to have to get to you, get, I had to get used to it at, uh, early on was always having something pending, always having something to do. Mm-hmm. And, 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 and saying, okay, I'm going to knock off right now. Like I worked today, I've done, you know, and I'm, I'm done working. I know I got this, this, and this will do, but it's going to have to wait until mm-hmm. tomorrow. And that, that sometimes is, uh, is hard for people if they don't, if they're not used to it. So me, I, I know I have a morning routine. Yeah. And so I'll, I'll get into that. I have a morning routine. I have a, and, and I've had to, and, and don't get me wrong. I mean, again, during this whole thing, I'm like, well, I'm not supposed to be going outside. I go out and walk the dog, but that's about it. And so, um, this is all I have to, 
I had to do the same thing everybody else has to do, even though yeah. I, I haven't, you know, this history of having some uh, discretionary time. I still have to go, okay, well, what am I going to do now? Mm-hmm. Yeah. So after my morning routine, you know, cause you know that I was supposed to be in Japan right now. I was supposed yeah. to be studying with great Japanese martial arts masters. And of course all this, some sumo. you know, put the kibosh on that. Yeah. And so watch, watching your sumo, yeah, watching my sumo and doing my jujitsu. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, and, and I was supposed to be there with the, with the dojo, with the, the jujitsu group, and I was supposed to be seeing my big teacher in Japan, and so on and so forth, and and so you know it required it required an adjustment. Yeah. And so the other part about this that you're saying that I hear that I hear you saying anyway is uh, break up your day. Mm-hmm. So you make a list, and then you find tasks to kind of you know you create a list of, of tasks for yourself and things and goals like yeah. measurable mm-hmm. things that you want to get done. Okay, I'm going to work out for an hour. I think that's a really great one because that's a super simple. Yeah. It's like totally all in the, 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 the student, what do you call these, the, these classes that they have, like uh, student success classes, mm-hmm. you know, if they have counseling, psychology classes that they have, you know, that help students uh, um, create goals and create measurable goals so yeah. that they can see that they're moving, you know, toward a, an ultimate goal without getting overwhelmed and without losing their way. Mm-hmm. In many ways, it's very much the same thing. I'm going to create a, a goal for myself today, or you know, today I want to work out. Today I want to do this, and I got I got the kids for this many, much time, and so on and so forth. So, yeah, no, um, it's, it's vital. So yeah. No, and I will say, and maybe somebody's listening to this, and they're like, "Well, I don't know how to start a routine." Well, mm-hmm. take some time to research how to create a routine. And, yeah, it's all and, there. Yeah, it's all there. It's books. Yeah. It's YouTube. And one one of the things I do suggest, though, if that's the route you are going to go in the sense of a book or YouTube, um, read it, but also try to read it and get understanding for yourself. You don't have to take yeah. whatever you're reading, whatever you're watching as the gospel and completely copy it for, for them, from them for you, because then you're going to be like, oh, well, that didn't work for me. You have to yeah. really find out what's tailored for you. If you do a to-do list, let's say you followed the Doug method in a sense and you do a to-do list. Start with maybe three or four things, and then you just grow from there. Like you don't have to be like, okay, I'm gonna do this whole big old fifteen items to do list, and then you don't do it at the end of the day, and then you feel horrible about yourself. It's not. Yeah, that's a- very important. Sorry yeah. to interrupt, but that's that's very important, right? Because then you feel like a failure. Yeah. Or that you failed in this task, or that this thing is not working for you. Mm-hmm. No, you want to create these things have to be have Tangible. to be measurable and they have to be feasible. Yeah. And then you can add on. Yeah. And so if you have that, if you have that drawer in in your house somewhere that has all that junk in it, maybe that's one of the tasks you want to do. Like I said, I was talking with a friend yesterday. He went through some old mail and found a $150 check from uh, Wells Fargo that he hadn't known anything about. Um, I went to, I went to, went through my backpack, the, an older backpack when I was cleaning out the, the shop the other day mm-hmm. and I found uh I found a bunch of twenty dollar bills. Look, people just finding money. I got to go through my old stuff now and like maybe find something. Um, but really, take yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. I might, I might have to clean out my uh, my storage unit here and see what's up in there. But mm-hmm. really, really taking that time to do those things and then giving yourself that time. Even if you say, "Okay, I have this closet that I want to clean out," give yourself forty five minutes, thirty minutes, whatever you feel is like really for you in that moment to really do that. And if you got to come back to it, you come back to it, but really setting those real goals and measurables. And then since not over 
overbearing yourself in in trying to create and everything and yes in a sense i like i said earlier i was joking about the if you couldn't cook and now like by this time you should be able to cook but really just going online and learning different things and trying new ingredients this should be a real time for exploration um mm-hmm. we're gonna come th- we're gonna make it through this we're gonna come through this so how do you want to come out better on that other end when we do come out and you look back often we we go through life and the thing happens where we're like, oh man, it was five or 10 years or a year. And like, I didn't accomplish anything. You have this window of what, of what they're saying, how long we may be in this. And now you can say, okay, how do I really want to attack this? And what do I want my goals at the end of this to be? And so once you can be, create those habits and everything now, imagine what that would be like once everything's back open and we're back to normalcy. And if you can continue to keep those habits and everything going, I, I, I can only imagine if I had like a family and stuff right now, the traditions you could even make in this moment. Yeah. I, so there's, we're also, we're talking on one hand in very like practic, practical terms. Yeah. Measure, like measure, measurability of your goals or mm-hmm. measurability of your, you know, your new endeavor, whatever it is. I, I would also say that there's a lot of merit in um, creating habits for yourself that are not necessarily measurable. Yeah. Meaning, mm-hmm. um, some examples from my own morning practice, and that is uh, my morning routine. And the first thing that you can do, that a person can do, before they, when they wake up, but before they even open their eyes, while they're laying there, you can do it. If you're laying there next to your partner, wife, spouse, whatever. You can do it when you are. If your kids happen to be, the you know, there, laying in bed they, with, with you, you know, coming crawl to bed with you at night, whatever, you can do it. Nobody knows about this except for you. Mm-hmm. And that is, you wake up, your eyes are still closed. And then you engage your gratitude practice. You give thanks. Mm-hmm. I, I woke up and I'm yeah. healthy. Mm-hmm. I woke up and, and I'm safe. Yeah. I woke, I woke up and, um, and it's another, another day to be alive. I woke up next to my, my beautiful partner and, and we're healthy. Mm-hmm. First and foremost, you, 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 um, there's something in Buddhism that it's, and, and of course, in other types of practices, you know, that are about giving thanks and gratitude. Yeah. And, you know, for the blessings. And that's the very first thing. So that way you can start your day saying, on a, basically on a positive note. And it's very, intri- it's in some ways intrinsic, right? It's yours. Yeah. It's nobody else's. Point, you're pouring into yourself. Yeah. And so that's a, you know, and then, and then you can engage and that is going to have, it's proven to have had a positive psychological effect and a positive physiological effect mm-hmm. that by, that by giving gratitude every day that you have basically um, conditioned your, your brain physically toward the positive. Yeah. So that when there is this adversity, you're conditioned toward the positive. And then the next thing I would say is that depending on your, the tradition that you go to first um, is to, is to solidify that. Well, before this, sorry. The next is speaking of physiologically training yourself is to say affirmations. Yeah. And you can, if there's somebody else in the bed with you or in the room with you, again, this is something you can do before I, I do it before even opening my eyes. Mm-hmm. And I, and I have, it may take you a minute because you want to write these down and there's a certain way to do affirmations yeah. so that they're effective and so on. But you can do the affirmations before you even 
open your eyes. And that way, what you've done is you've, you've conditioned yourself and you've socialized your brain, you've conditioned your brain to respond in a certain way, certain things. So that's first and foremost, that's available to everybody, regardless of your level of, yeah. of, of poverty, regardless of your level of, of, um, regardless of who, who, how many people are in the room with yeah. you, that's all yours. Mm-hmm. And then I would say after that, then depending on the tradition that you have, then you pray. Then you say, you say, you say a prayer that, that you're, that you're dwelling, that your abode is going mm-hmm. to, is going to, uh, continue to be your sanctuary. You pray for continued health. Mm-hmm. You, um, you, for, you pray for these, you pray for others mm-hmm. so that you can inc- include service into your, into your day first thing instead of praying only for yourself you pray for others that way you've started your your day with with service and service to others and which is which is also very powerful if you can't go outside and and serve meals or if you can't be available to somebody you know in some way physically then at least psychically and spiritually you've you've um connected yourself to the wider uh humanity and you've said okay uh, I'm down for you. I, I want for you what's best. And if there's a way and you open yourself up to being able to be of service in some other way that might come to you. So mm-hmm. I think first and foremost, those are the first three things that it seems to me that's available to every single person on this planet. Um, and that will help nurture a connection with ourselves, with the divine, mm-hmm. with our, with our, with our minds, because sometimes our minds race. The yeah. mind is a, oh, is a, is a weird thing. It, 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 it uh, I forget who said this, but, the 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 mind has no shame it will go it will go it will go everywhere it will go to all these different places they call it the monkey brain it just swings from one place to another and goes from one one part of the room to another and you're just like whoa 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 get, get, can you come back to me for a quick second you know and, and you'd be embarrassed to, to to tell people some of the things that entered your mind because your mind was going so so wild and that's and that's fine but these things help you help connect your mind and help connect your, your spirit and connect yourself to, to the, to other people and then connect you to the positive. Yeah, no, that's, that's definitely huge. Um, I definitely do that. Um, not as, as good as I should be. So that's one of my goals is to really get more on my morning routines because typically when I'm like really on my morning routine, it's, it's, you know, for me, it's starting with prayer. Um, and then I will put on, um, I have a list of, uh, on my phone, on YouTube, a bunch of motivational, um, speakers from like Les Brown and a couple of folks that I know that just resonates in the room, um, are a compilation of like motivational kind of things and just puts that energy. And like you said, one of the things that's been huge for me in a sense of affirmation is looking in the mirror and talking to myself in those affirmations. Because for me, um, I can still struggle with the the sense of low self-esteem and and not feeling great about myself. So being able to look into the mirror and say those things and really look deeply and and sincerely into my own eyes um, Mm -hmm. is is a huge work. Um, And it it doesn't come easy. Um, I, like I said, I struggled with this over the time in high school where for a year I can consciously know that I did not look into the mirror because I did not like myself. And so being able to do that stuff now is, is huge for me. And so like Matthew was saying, this is also like, yeah, we talked about to-do lists and things that you want to come out and build habits of or when we come out of this, but it's also the understanding of how can I grow internally? And that's where the real work is. And that's a lot of the times the work that we avoid as people because we don't want to dig deeper. Um, we don't want to like really, you know, 
poke in, like Matthew said, that 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 crazy brain, that monkey brain, and and things of like, wow, why was I thinking about that, or why was I feeling that, and and really try to go into those moments and have silence. Um, this could be a good time to journal. Um, you could do that. One of the things I've been doing in the sense of not always journaling, I record myself and just talk to myself. And I, and I keep those recordings because then I can go back to those and be like, okay, what was I thinking like a, a month ago? And, and really reflecting on that. Um, as much as we have this technology, a lot of times we don't think about this technology and the, the depths of what it can help with us just personally. Um, but you can do things like that or have a conversation and a real conversation with people. And this is a great time to like really have conversations and develop conversational skills. Maybe we're getting a reset on how to have real conversations, but challenge yourself to have those those deeper conversations um, with people could be something that's um, vital for you um, as well. Yeah, I like that. I really the, the thing about them, and I've done this before. My my first my I, I really just like what you're saying about saying it in the mirror. Mm-hmm. That that also if you. For example, I'm just trying to, you know, one of the challenges for me is to is to um, find uh, ways to talk about these things such that people can understand how deeply transformative, very simple but very consistent things can be, and yeah. and and uh, how to work it into their lives. That's one of the reasons why I mentioned like the affirmations uh, in bed before you even get up, and because but what you're saying in terms of saying in front of the mirror and really is in terms of looking at yourself and looking into your own eyes and saying it in such a way, because look, I'll be the first one to say that I've done that. Mm-hmm. And, and I, and there is something in your, in my brain. And I just imagine this is true for you, given what you just expressed and true for others there's something in the brain that doesn't believe it. If I tell myself in mm. the morning, I look in the mirror and I say, um, you know, something like Matthew, you are, um, let me, I'm trying to think of my, 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 my affirmation in the morning. I can't do it sometimes when I'm out of context. <laughs> I'm, I'm, but Matthew, you are vibrantly healthy and radiantly beautiful. Mm. Something in me doesn't, doesn't believe that I'm yeah. vibrantly healthy and radiantly beautiful. Mm-hmm. So, so it's that, it's that telling of yourself, telling yourself mm-hmm. and showing and saying, I love you. Yeah. Right. That, that is, you know, it's, tra- it's, it's, if it's done consistently, it's potentially transformative. Mm-hmm. You know, you're saying like, um, you know, you, you're talking, um, quite a bit today about, you know, coming out the other side and, 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 um, this is a really profound moment for, for us as individuals and as a, as a kind of a, you know, in our individual communities. Yeah. Because we can take this discussion and discussions like these as a way of like simply coping, or we can take these discussions as a way of coming out on the other end, meaning that we would be not just quote unquote better mm-hmm. because it's not, for me, it's not about being better. It's more about moving toward mm-hmm. mastery. It's yeah. moving toward, it's always moving toward it's a practice, right? Yeah. And so, um, you, it's important. Hopefully you would hope that people would say, you know what I did? I, I decided to block everything out and I just did that one thing mm-hmm. and yep, for three weeks. And now I have that. Now I've built that habit. Yeah. 
and and now that when I now before I go to work every day I do a, I do you know this one thing that really makes me feel good or I built the habit of going to the gym or getting exercise in the morning like I said maybe before the kids wake up mm-hmm. you know um, I, I built that habit and 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 it's empower it hopefully it would be empowering and then hopefully it's something that we would see it would help us build community after because this is really a concern of mine is um I mean it's a fear. You know, because I'm 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 uneducated in this kind of in this kind of thing, so it's more probably a fear than anything I would say. Mm-hmm. And that's a, who how are we going to get along with each other afterward? You mm-hmm. know, I mean, yes, it was wonderful to be with my meditation group with my sangha online today. Yeah, and 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 I've been practicing with those people, with some of those people for like I said, like 15 years. Yeah, and 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 um, so so. That to me, I, I know that we, that that community will get together face to face. And that will, that will be our default is to get together face to face. But that's not true with the rest of the world. Yeah. And, and most of our communities these days. What are we going, if we were concerned about social, social, like on a day, daily basis without a crisis, if we were concerned about social isolation before. Yeah. Oh my gosh. If we were concerned about Gen, Gen Zers, you know, and their addiction to their phones and their mm-hmm. addiction to the, and their dopamine addiction to likes and, and so on. And, but they're, but they're increasing level of anxiety and suicide ideation and, and, and social isolation and this kind of thing. Imagine Gen Z now. Yeah. Now that they have mechanisms and almost a, 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 an excuse to, 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 for lack of a better term, to continue engaging in these really antisocial and really detrimental practices. See, and, and it's so, funny. It's funny that you say that because I was talking with somebody, and I was wondering, and it was members of of the Gen Z um, population. And my real question is, I wonder, are they tired of their phones and stuff now? Because usually it's an escape from the other things that they're doing, but now it's it's there, and it's it's mm-hmm. a it's an ever present thing. And I I wonder, are they really getting tired of it? And, and a couple of them said that they were. They like really were like done with their phones and everything. And so it's going to be interesting to see how, again, how, what's, what's the interaction with humans once we come out of this and, and, and we're communicating with each other again. Um, like I said earlier, like hopefully this can, um, give people times to have more in-depth conversations because now in a sense you're, forced not even in a sense you're forced to talk to people um hopefully and it can be in a good manner but it's not where you can be like oh i'm just going to my room and then it's like you know hours later but it's like everybody's here yeah and it's real conversations and stuff now um but the technology is a very interesting um capability in, in all of this and everything and like you said moving towards not to say making yourself better but to improve um or i would like to say how how can you develop yourself Mm-hmm. Um, I think that'd be a, a great tool. Um, I'm, I'm a career services person. I believe everything is transferable. So how are you going to use the things that you build and develop in this time to transfer for what you need down the line? And then for the, for the parents and, and anybody who's in the house with, with young, younglings, how are you going to show them your effort in this time and everything and how to handle, um, crises and everything? And me and Matthew were talking earlier before we started the podcast. And on uh, the sense of uh, the Chinese word of crises, I learned this morning from my um, Sunday service where two of the characters in the word crises means danger, but also opportunity. So taking this as an opportunity to develop, to grow, to 
to improve yourself and however you want to define that. And that can look like however you want. I don't want to say what it is because you know what that thing that's been itching at the back of your neck that you really want to build on and grow on and develop. So this is really that time to do that. I would add, I would add too that some of this stuff is not, how do I say, it's not necessarily easy. Yeah. Oh no, not at all. We're not saying none of this is easy at all. Yeah. I mean, we, I mentioned three very, I don't want to call them easy. Practical. Well, no, meaning they're basic. Yeah. They're basic and powerful. Mm -hmm. You know, giving thanks, gratitude, um, you know, uh, affirmations Mm -hmm. and connection with the divine, you know, prayer, meditation. Those things are basic and they're powerful. Mm -hmm. Now I would argue that have done well and done consistently, the, the meditation is the hardest part. Oh, because yeah. then you, what you'll start to do is you will quickly um, come into, you'll quickly have to reckon with several things. One is that monkey brain I mentioned before. Your brain's going all over the place. Mm-hmm. The goal of, 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 a, of, of meditation is not to be nothingness, is not to be in the void, is not, yeah. not to be empty. Mm-hmm. The, 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 probably the principal goal is awareness. Yeah. So that you see your mind and you don't label it. You don't judge it. You just say, Oh, there goes my mind is wandering over here. Come back on over here mm-hmm. and be with me and let me breathe for a couple of times. Oh, there goes the mind again. <laughs> and, and it's going to, it's going to run away. It's going to, it's going to skip away. It's going to, you know, swing away. That monkey brain is going to do what it wants to do. Your job is in bringing back. And so you're building a discipline. You're, you're helping yourself focus. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, and in that way, <clears throat> with that training, training your brain to focus and training your brain, you know, for that discipline really helps open up other avenues. It helps you o- open up that intuition mm-hmm. so that when, so that people will help the, people can, can um, get insight into well, who is it that I want to be after this? Yeah. What do I want to do? Mm-hmm. Who do I want to be? Who do I want to be for my loved ones? Yeah. How do I want to, do I want to, do I want to enlist other people in my, in, in these things? Do we, this is opportunity. Like you and I talked about the other day, this opportunity, maybe that we can all have dinner together all the time, every night, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. The thing that I have been wanting to do, have been longing to do you know, ever since we did it as a kid, but I haven't been able to do because our schedules now we're all yeah. here. Mm-hmm. That's sometimes difficult. You're like, whoa, whoa, did I really want this? Yeah. No, it's always three, three nights in a row with the kids. Do yeah. I really want to meditate? Do I really want to better myself? Or do I just want to get up and, you know, start doing something so that I'm away from my brain? One mm-hmm. more thing before I let you speak. Oh, yeah, yeah. And that is that I think it's lovely that you're, that it sounds, sounds like you're optimistic regarding, you know, Gen, Gen Zers, you know, and getting tired of their phones. And I would also say, I, first of all, I'm not so optimistic. Secondly, if they are getting tired of their phones, <laughs> Do they know what to do yeah. next? Do they have habits? Do they know what to do with themselves and mm-hmm. with their time? And can they be with themselves without uh, the knee-jerk reaction of looking at their phone or mm-hmm. looking or yeah. being distracted about engaging the mind's desire for distraction? Yeah. Can they do it? Yeah. And I would argue that without discipline, Without sitting down and doing some sort of discipline, some sort of practice, mm-hmm. but it's very difficult. Now, this could be jogging. Yeah. This could be Anything. martial arts. It could be painting. It could be something that puts you in the zone so that you realize, oh, I realize I've been distracted. Or today I was I'm like my ukulele. I've, I've been distracted for an hour and it was fantastic, but I was engaged. Mm-hmm. It wasn't that I was just distracted, just mind, mindlessly 
you know, scrolling through yeah. minutiae, stuff of no consequence. Literally, it's stuff that makes me feel bad because it looks like everybody else's life is cool. Mm-hmm. So this is a, these things are, this is a real reckoning in a way, I think, in a lot of ways, you know, because yes, we can do those easy things, but then there's other things that's like, okay, well, who do I want to be? That's a bigger question. Yeah, no, no, it's, it's huge. What I was going to uh, touch on that's similar to that is um, I've, I've, I haven't done, I've done yoga before and people always, they usually ask me even now uh, when I say that I've done yoga, they ask me what's the hardest position um, or pose. I would say Shavasana. Um, Shavasana is the hardest position because it's lying there flat on your back, but also trying to be present. And, and that's when, and I remember the the teacher, when I was taking the class at DVC and she was saying, don't think about what you have to do after this. Don't think about, you know, what's going to happen a week from now. Like just be present in this moment. And one of the the huge practices I got and going back to the, the mirror thing in a sense um, was in my master's program in counseling, really learning to just sit across from somebody and just be quiet and just enjoy and read the space, the energy, the flow. And so being able to do that to yourself, and even like we did practices in class before where you just sat with yourself to hear what your body's saying. And how many times do people, um, and I even need to get back into that practice, just sitting there listening to your body. And, and what your body's going through and, and the aches and pains and then understanding that and really having that moment in those times that I think are really, really vital. Um, like we all touched on, I mean, you've touched on in the sense of, of developing. I think this is a time, like you said, as what do I want to do that isn't my normal doing? Um, because we could easily go into the normal sense of, oh, I love video games. So I'll just play a bunch of video games. But are you really developing in that? Or um, even if you're like a person that reads a lot of books, but maybe switching it up and then you're going to go, you have a bunch of people in your phone and calling them and actually having conversations. And maybe you're talking to them about one of the books that you read. So it's, it's, it's going to those moments of that aren't your normal thing that we can tend to go to. And then, you know, revitalizing things in a new way. One of my goals that I do every day is to call a new person in my phone. Um, who I haven't talked to in a long time and just have a phone conversation and check in with them and see how they're doing. And so it's, it's really, in a sense, I encourage in those moments of creating those habits that aren't just typically your norm. Like some people are, oh, I love to sleep. I've been waiting to sleep, but there's only so much sleep you can do in one day. And it's, it's, it's really building something else. Like the other day I was just online and ordered, uh, a facial, um, a face facial routine so I can maybe practice with some stuff and try to build a facial routine in the morning with some products and everything. And so just new different things that you've been maybe wanting to do or just that aren't your, your normal norm. Um, and then really trying to develop those. The other day, I, so I've been, I've been making, um, I'll do this. I do the same thing. I, I guess I started maybe like three years ago, starting, uh, uh with, uh, I mean, by making uh, voicemails, okay. voice. What do you call them? Uh, I need to look on my phone for what this thing is called. Voicemail. They're the voice voice memos or voice recordings. Oh, or, voice, oh, voice, call, yeah, voice, oh, voice memos. memos. And, and app on the Apple, they call it voice oh, okay. memos. On iPhone. And um, one of the ones I thought of just the other day that came to me, I should say, just the other day, I didn't think of it. it just kind of came to me. Um, was uh, you know we we have these courses, you know, life skills courses. Mm-hmm. Where we talk about life skills. Yeah. 
my thought was um, I prefer to refer to them as living skills because um, mm. because living the word living is uh, it's the progressive tense mm-hmm. is living it's happening right now mm. and now it's happening right now and yeah. now it's happening right now mm-hmm. life skills seems like something else out there like okay I'm gonna live a life now uh, in some kind of way you know and I want to have some skills to do it versus living skills are these is is because living skills is iterative and meaning that that um there are certain things you know that are constant you know family your your mom your dad your your kids your you know um kind of like that your grandparents yeah. those things mm-hmm. are constant throughout your life and they kind of impinge on your life or they influence your life mm-hmm. um uh but there but Circum- uh, the other circumstances change where you live, the job you have, yeah. your interests, that kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. Um, whether you're going out, you know, whether you're going out with somebody or not, if you have a boyfriend, your boyfriend, girlfriends might change over time, partners, you know, and that kind of thing. So it's a living, it's you're living, you're continuing to mm-hmm. live this. So the, it, the things that, that influence how you live or that, or that, and that kind of thing, they change over time. So, these are things that we're talking about for a lifetime. Yeah. We're not talking about this is a, this is a, uh, this is something that's going to get you through this crisis. Mm-hmm. The things that you and I are talking about are, are things for living. How, how are you going to live your life? How is the, the, the life is the thing that you're living. It, it, it's not a, it's a, it's a thing that you have control over. I mentioned at the beginning of the conversation, you know, life is happening for you. It's not mm-hmm. happening to you. Now, if you want to victimize yourself by this thing and and other things, like all of us know people who are just like, oh man, the man, you know, coming down on me, or you're like, you know, whatever it is, like, <laughs> but you need to, okay, that might be true, you know, you might have got that might have been racism, and um, then you need to move past that, and because you're better than that, you know what I'm saying, and move on. Yeah. So you can't let those things. These are things. These are these are life. These are these are living skills mm-hmm. that for for a skillful living. Yeah. And, and, and a life, and a life well lived. Living so skills big, for your life. Big, yeah. big sort of things that we're talking about that, that can help, yes, for this and for the next time around. Because remember, this virus is gonna, they say anyway, you know, what I've read is, is gonna peak and then it's gonna lull over the summer and then it's gonna peak again. Mm. So that, that, and, and this is not the only virus we're gonna be dealing with. This mm. is not the only catastrophe. Imagine if we have an earthquake or a fire. Yeah, you know. Well, I mean, so, we, I mean, we've been done with the fires. I mean, the last couple of years yeah. out here. So, so yeah. So, like Matthew touched on um, living skills. I like that instead of instead of life skills. And so, as we are all going through this time and you know reevaluating our lives and ourselves, let's really take those moments and those times to look look deeper, look deeper than what we typically look at, and and search for those things and. Uh, Matthew and I gave you a bevy of different ways to look at it. Um, this could be a conversation that you have with other people. This is hopefully you can share this podcast with other people and have to have this conversation with them and ask them, what do they think? And so um, with that, as we get ready to close out, Matthew, um, any final words of advice, um, affirmations you would like to leave the people with or anything um, as we as we move forward? It's a big it's a big one. Uh, <laughs> how to keep it short well we're just in a we're in a very very unprecedented times mm-hmm. and it, it it seems to me that it's important that we 
in some sort of way that suits us as individuals, suits our individual lives, that we find some way to cultivate self-love, self-care, um, find a way to love yourself overtly, you know, care for yourself, take five, ten minutes away from the family, be by yourself right quick and say, okay, reset, take a walk, whatever it is for you. Um, and then also find some way to connect yourself with other people after all this. Not just, not just, maybe not even people you know, but mm-hmm. there are going to be some people out there who don't have homes after this, who mm-hmm. had homes before this whole thing started, people who don't have jobs. Mm-hmm. Um, people who, who do have jobs, but the job has changed in such a way that they're not satisfied anymore. They're not happy at their job. They wouldn't have yeah. taken this job if it was going to be, if it was like this before the, the outbreak. Yeah. So, um, find some way to connect and to love and to, and to be whole and to, and that as a nation, the other thing I will say as a nation, um, this is, this is a very big moment for us. If we don't connect with each other in some sort of substantive way, Things could be very, very bad for the United States because we we have a lot of a lot of things happen, and I won't get into it. But a lot of things, so just <laughs> just hopeful. Yes, talking talking with Douglas also really helps. Uh, it's it's also very nice nice to to talk to you these last several times. You know about all this kind of stuff, and gives me food for thought. I mean, I'm talking as if I know something, and you know I don't. I'm just. Uh, <laughs> I'm just uh, talking from hey, talking out the side of my neck, hey, as they say. Hey, but you are very wise. This made man. me feel good. Yeah, no, and I appreciate the same, and um, I'm appreciating this this slowdown time to really reconnect with people. Um, I did, I have struggled in the sense of this, of being an extrovert and not being around people and gathering that energy and being able to interact with people, but I've really taken it upon myself to really, like I said, call a new person every day, um, doing Zoom, doing um, face calls and everything, video calls. And really, really taking those moments, but also be proactive in this. I would say really be proactive in whatever you're going to do. Don't just expect somebody to call you um, because you never know what how somebody else is dealing with this and how they're trying to go with it. And um, yeah, just dealing with all of this. Um, it's been great um, seeing Matthew's face on, on the phone when he calls and everything. And that's just super appreciative that I, I really... Um, enjoy that and i want to thank you matthew and i know that was something that you touched on at your last um demo and that that really touched me in the sense of when you said um even though we don't touch bases but that you're you're thinking of me and and that really hit home for me because i was doing the same and continue to do the same and so just really appreciative of the the loved ones in my life and and i hope you can do the same and really touch bases with that but also like matthew said Make sure you love yourself and take care of yourself and develop yourself and develop those those living skills that you want to see when we come out of all of this. And just love your love your loved ones. Hug them um, in the sense of that you can if it's safe. Um, I know that we have the six foot thing, but also just those those words of encouragement and, and developing developing your words of encouragement to yourself and to others, I think will be very vital in this um, moment in time. This has been another episode of Dig Undug. I really hope you got something out of this. And if you did, go ahead and make sure you hit that subscribe button and leave a comment below. I want to hear from you. Also, you can reach me on Instagram at digundug or email me at digundug at gmail.com. Share this with your family, friends, co-workers, and your squad. I look forward to your comments. And with that, 
keep digging, y'all. Peace out.